Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Linux Advantage broadcast. Um, my name is Luke, and this is my friend uh, Jonathan. So, uh, Jonathan, you want to start off here and uh, give a little brief introduction about yourself? Yeah, my name is Jonathan Lozado de la Mata. Uh, I'm from Carolina, Puerto Rico. I've been working in technology for a while. I love technology, computers, Linux, Linux, open source, um, gaming, just and anything stupid and dumb that we could just laugh easily. <laughs> yeah, um, totally with you right there. Um, I'm I'm Luke, by the way. Uh, basically, the same exact interest: technology, open source, gaming on Linux. Um, I think it's it's very defining factor of, of who we are. So we wanted to kind of get together and and start this podcast to to talk about Linux news, talk about new technology coming out uh, and, and gaming on Linux and just kind of focusing on the the advantages and and maybe why you'd want to use Linux um, or if if you are just getting into Linux, uh, just just kind of geek out about some of the the cool developments that are happening in the world right now, because I, th I think this is a very exciting time for for people to be getting into uh, to, to Linux, uh, especially with all this great support from uh, from Valve and Steam behind us now. It's uh, it's the gr greatest time to be a Linux gamer, I'd say. Okay. So uh, before we. Uh, dive into anything else. I just want to throw out a little disclaimer there. Uh, both of us do work for Red Hat. However, none of these opinions or views are directly uh, related to Red Hat in any way, shape, or form. These are just our own personal opinions on on technology and the world around us. Um, so just just know that uh, we we try to not make this a uh, a, a biased podcast. So um, leading on from that, I, I guess I, I kind of want to start off and just talk about, you know, we're, we're, we're Linux users, so uh, what, what distros are we using? Uh, so, so Jonathan, what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of Linux distributions are you running at home? So at home, uh, I, I got a few. Uh, I got to rebuild my server um, since uh, I had to ship it in a broken some parts and some stuff, the case was completely broken, but... Um, I was using Fedora to do some server stuff, uh, to video editing and uh, change the resolution and formats and all that stuff. And then on my gaming one, I, I use Fedora, I use Ubuntu or the different Ubuntu versions. But recently, uh, I installed Manjaro for gaming, and I've been using that lately. And a lot of it works out of the bed. It's real awesome. I know usually the problem with the distro is installing the drivers, which most of them you can completely uh, do easily. But uh, at least when Manjaro uh, has been uh, a little more straightforward, I don't even have to add specific repos or anything. Just install the package and works out of the bag. Yeah, it's it's really nice when it it just works, and you gotta admire the the polish that Manjaro has kind of put on Arch Linux because it's. It's not just a simple means to install Arch Linux. It's it's trying to give you the most optimal kind of 
desktop and and even gaming experience and uh for for me personally i i jumped on the manjaro bandwagon as well for for uh one of my dell laptops just because i for one i needed just the very latest and greatest bleeding edge packages um the and the arch linux uh user repository the our has oh, been yeah. phenomenal. I, I need a whole bunch of packages for yeah. my laptop to work correctly. And then oh. uh, the oh, last no. thing I just wanted to mention was uh, Steam with their, their whole Proton with gaming on Linux. Uh, when it first came out, there was, there was a lot of strict dependencies. Like you needed the latest Mesa. You needed the, the latest NVIDIA graphics drivers. And uh, really, uh, Arch Linux was kind of uh, the best way to go for that. So I've I've been I've been pretty happy with it too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's been great. It's, it's been cool. Uh, I I just I'm, I'm probably like a lot of people that just distro hop, get bored, change around, and but right now uh, for the moment, uh, so I figure out my internet connection thing. <laughs> I'm gonna stay with Majoro. <laughs> forgive me. Oh, but what I was going to mention is that at least um, since we started thinking about playing uh, Minecraft a little bit, um, mm -hmm. the other districts like uh, Debian or Ubuntu and Arch Linux and Manjaro, there's uh, packages. And at least for Manjaro in the AUR, there's a whole uh, Minecraft launcher. Um, for Fedora, there, there isn't a, a whole... Um, RPA package installation. You had to download the tar, then run the jar, and then it comes out. Yeah, that that's a problem I run into on, on most of my actual workstations, uh, my my desktop computers. I, I am running Fedora, and uh, yeah, because I don't I don't have that that Minecraft package available. They um, they distribute it as a uh, Debian package file, a DEB. And uh, someone on the Arch Linux user repository just takes that, uh, extracts it, and then uh, re-archives it as like an Arch Linux package. <laughs> so uh, it's it's great that it's just so easy for the community to to add new packages, and it's it's easy for people to add those to their systems. So yeah, on on my Fedora machine, I do have to kind of do some manual updates with. With that which um is kind of annoying because I, you know i like to have everything kind of in a more um automated process when i do a system update i just want everything updated so it's, it's nice that manjaro just kind of takes care of that yeah i i didn't notice i don't think they have blackjack or anything similar yet for minecraft or other games but i think that's probably something in the in the future as more places build something similar, then we can avoid the whole uh, package system, depending on, on distro. <clears throat> yeah, I think one of the limiting factors of, of packaging some games in flat packs is uh, I think there's some limitations in passing through audio to, to flat packs, but there's, um, there's a new technology called Pipewire uh, that's going to be uh, mm -hmm. one of the headline features of uh, the upcoming Fedora 31 release, and so hopefully, uh, once that's out, we could we could see maybe Minecraft and 
Um, even even Steam and stuff, I think it would be pretty neat to see that bundled up in a flat pack. Let me look that up. I haven't heard. Yeah, um, there's uh, there's been a bunch of announcements about um, some of the cool stuff coming up in uh, the next Fedora release, and I, I think our our next podcast we will uh, we'll probably be covering a lot of that. Ooh, it's supposed to improve handling of audio and video on their Linux. Oh my god! Cause, oh yeah. Because I know a couple years ago, I know it gotten better in the last few years, but in the last. Uh, years ago, when I tried to use um, Fedora or just any Linux distro, I always gotta go edit and mess around with Paul's audio, and it took took me hours or days to figure out if HDMI works or the other cables work or the audio or the headset works. And lately, now the updates have been fixing a lot of that stuff. But before, it was just like, let me Google, let me go to the Arch Linux wiki and try all this stuff to see if it works or not. Yeah, I definitely think a lot of work has gone into the past few years of, of really refining uh, both graphics and audio, just in general in Linux, and it's it's been great. You know, we're we're finally at a point where I can happily recommend Linux to any of my friends, whether they're geeks or not. Yeah, this Chromebook that I got, I thought about getting another one, and probably let my parents use it, and just mm -hmm. put get. get um, gallium on it and let them go because you can have most of the time they're just browsing it they need more documents they have it and they can export to uh, a doc like everybody wants <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they can they can definitely get by with, with just a chromebook i i think the majority of my friends the chromebook perfectly suits their their needs um, even the few that they use Macintosh, um, they they hate Windows. And uh, Mac has some pretty controversial updates coming. I mean, the next major release, they're actually removing 32-bit support. So that's that's actually going to break Wine. Uh, that's going to break all their legacy applications. Um, you said that Mac is doing it too? Yeah, it's it's Macintosh. They they have a beta out, and it's ah. they already ripped it out. <laughs> so they're they're going the Ubuntu route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which U Ubuntu? Yeah, it's it's a good segue into uh, kind of summing up some of this craziness that's happened the past few weeks. Uh, Ubuntu planned uh, to drop their support for thirty-two bit applications, which was a, a huge problem because that means Wine's not going to work. It means uh, running Linux games, uh, or I should say Windows games on Linux. It's it's simply just not going to work. There's a compatibility issue, and there's no simple solution to that at all. So um, they were very clear with their initial statement, and they said that if anyone wants to use 32-bit libraries, they have to use the packages from Ubuntu 18.04, they're the current long life release. Uh, but of course, the community wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the long term. I know they serve a purpose, but like you mentioned, I just like leaving it. So I like updating and being able to get latest and not just some bugs yeah. or, or security patches. 
And when it, when it comes to my servers, I, I use CentOS because the fact that I get 10 years of support, that's absolutely amazing. Um, obviously, for, for my small projects, I don't need like enterprise support. So I don't, I don't need Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Um, so it's just nice. I, you know, I, I set up a server like five years ago in like CentOS 7. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's still running great. <laughs> I should try to, I should try to go on CentOS again. The server I had was Fedora, and maybe it's because I'm used to using Fedora all the time and having Bleeding Edge uh, packages. But at least for the server stuff, um, hmm. let me think about it because oh, it's because I use my server to install VMs, but not only VM. I do video editing and things like that. So that's why I need latest packages. That's why I was using it. Yeah, yeah. When it when it comes to my workstations, I need a bleeding edge distro. I, I either need Arch Linux or Fedora. Yeah, I was using uh, KDE Live mm -hmm. and Live, and I forgot the other one that was uh, in Linux too. But it, the UI was a little more simple. But both were uh, awesome. Kidding in live is, I think it has in beta, but it has in beta to use the GPU instead of uh, the CPU for rendering. And I was, last time I, I was messing with that, I was trying to get that working. Is that um shortcut? Is that what? Are, are you talking about shortcut or are you talking about? Oh, oh yeah, open shot. Yeah, yeah, it was the other one I think I was using. Oh, man. Open, open shot is that like they're on like version 2.4 or something yeah so that, i like i like that one because the ui was straightforward like you just drop the file and put the two files together to the line and pick wherever you want to cut or what yeah. part of the video you want to cut and merge them together it was simple that way but then I... in life the workflow is a little different but it has more stuff you can do yeah, I've I've always gotten the vibe. Kidian Live, it's it's one of those stereotypical Linux products that seems kind of ancient, but it's rock solid stable, and it works. And if you actually like take the time to read through the docs, I think you can get a lot of value out of it. But then, um, um, oh man, I'm okay. These names mixed up. Um, open shot. Yeah, that's been an interesting one. I've been following the development for a long time. Um, there was this whole uh, big funding initiative for the major version two, and there are all these promises about how it's going to be more stable, better support cross-platform, new features. And honestly, for me, it's been a huge disappointment. Every single time I tried to use it, it always crashed. It always broke. It's slow. I could just never get it to work. And I've, frankly, I've just gotten to the point where I've given up on the project. And if you, if you look on GitHub, it's, it's mainly just one guy, like just literally one developer just on his own uh, working on it. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate because I think it has a lot of potential. And if we can just get more community members helping them out, I think, I think long-term it could be a, a solid solution. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's the thing that's going on with a lot of good projects. Uh, we need more exposure, more people helping, and 
I think yeah. sometimes we the projects get thin out, especially the developers and how they get support. They'll work on different projects sometimes thin out too much. But I understand why sometimes they have to do it. Yeah, which actually going back to our conversation about like Ubuntu dropping 32-bit support, just kind of round this out. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why they cited dropping support was because, you know, no one, no one's really using 32-bit support. I mean, everyone's on a 64-bit operating system, uh, whether whether you're at home or definitely in the data center. Um, so it's like, you know, why why support 32-bit? But uh, the fact that Wine kind of needs those dependencies is is huge. So, um, I, I mean, uh, a bunch of distros kind of stepped up, like like System76, uh, who they have their, their own Pop! OS fork of Ubuntu. They were like, don't worry, community. We'll always support 32-bit packages for you. And I, I thought that was awesome. But it seems like Canonical's uh, latest and final plan is that they will actually, um, um, their next long-term release the 20.04 coming out next year they're gonna have um they're still gonna have 32-bit packages but then uh, it seems like that will probably be the last release <laughs> that has them but i i don't know we'll we'll see what actually happens i think there there might be another kind of battle again about what happens but no matter yeah. what um I mean, one of the suggested workarounds Canonical was even saying was, was hey, you can, you can still use these long-term releases to package like a, like a runtime or something for applications. So there, there will still be workarounds no matter what happens in the future. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that we're mentioning to use um, what's Ubuntu's version of Flapjack uh, spent, what was it? Something uh, with S. snaps. Yeah, I think that was one of the recommendations that we're trying to tell people to do. Yeah, just basically throwing it into a into a container. Speaking of container, that's uh, Alphadora server. Uh, what's it? Server. It's supposed to be Fedora server. Super blue. Silver blue, yeah, Fedora Silver Blue. I still have to try that, but it's supposedly it's supposed to be all the applications inside and containers or isolated like that. Yeah, I think I think the prospect of that operating system is is very interesting. And the only thing that's held me back from trying it out in the past is the fact that it didn't have NVIDIA support, but they, they finally fixed that. And I, I believe the Fedora 29, and if not the 29, it was, it was the latest uh, 30 release, where you can finally install NVIDIA drivers. It has support for, um, for uh, K-Mods, where it, it just kind of dynamically recompiles your, your drivers every time you do a system update. Yeah, because I, I, I heard some people that were trying to use Fedora Super Blue to play video games, and, and I was trying to really figure out how, how, how it works, but I guess I just had to install it myself. They didn't go into details, but I only discussed what you mentioned, that 
every update, every time something comes up, just rebuild and basically everything should work out of the out of the bat. Yeah, and I think they're they're putting a lot of work into polishing up silver blue, and I think um, in in the near future, I would I would like to give it a try. I'd actually like to put it on my uh, my work computer and and just see how that goes. You know, use it in production basically, and you know, see see what the limitations might be of of having everything in uh, containers and and flat packs. But they. They're they're definitely working on um, making sure that it works and that people have a good user experience. If if you look at the um, Fedora magazine articles and read the comments and stuff, they're they're definitely they're listening to people's feedbacks. Uh, Matthew Mil- Miller, the uh, Fedora project lead, um, he's always chiming in there and, and trying to point people in the right direction. So Matt is awesome. You, you can come up with conversations, suggestions, and everything. He, he, he's very open and try to figure out how to best to change it or fix it. Yeah, he's a, he is a great guy. I'd like to meet him one day. Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, back in 2017, uh, they were talking about uh, migrating their foreign software, and the current one was based on this one called AskSP or, or something. It's similar to the open sec one that is that's open out there. Um, and earlier this year, I believe that they migrated to Discord, and that was a huge win because they hmm. they've been talking about migrating. And I'm like, oh, you should use Discord. Discord is awesome, even though it's it's different. It's Ruby framework instead of uh, Python framework, but it's pretty it's pretty big. It's huge. It's open source. It's used out there. And it's great. A lot of communities use it, and it's free, and it's built on containers. It has a lot of customization. So they finally migrated, and if you go to their their forums, Fedora forums, it's, it's out there already. So I got real excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, yeah, they're 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 really taking into consideration what's what's the best choice. For you know, for them, for the community, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see, you know, how how maybe they could possibly even um, contribute back. I wish I had more time to spend here, because I used to spend a lot of time in the bizarre forum, the the old one, and and I need to spend more time in this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get some more uh, more Q and A's out there, huh? Yeah, because it's great that they have it like they have sections for it in every language. Hmm. Is that uh, you know, done like automatically? I I think they 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 added categories like discussions in English, Spanish, Italiano, uh, and the other languages, Arabic, and all that stuff. So people can go in there and pick uh, smaller categories of like support questions or things like that. Discord is awesome. It's just so many things you can do with it. I wish we had it at work. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've honestly, I haven't used it too much. All my, um, I mean, I consider myself to be a Linux gamer, but um, 
I, I very casually play games, but I, I thoroughly enjoy the, the time that I casually play games. Um, but I definitely have friends who are more invested gamers. And uh, it seems like the go-to thing that kids are into nowadays is, is definitely Discord. I, oh, I can see why people like it. Yeah. Hey, hey. The, the thing is uh, that it gets confusing. Discord is the, the chat room one. And Discord, course. Like oh, Discord. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I miss hearing you and misunderstanding. No, it's probably my the way I pronounce it sometimes. No, no. Oh man, <laughs> man, we're just on like different pages here. <laughs> no, but uh, but now that you mentioned that, if you go to Discord, Fedora has one. There's a lot of Fedora people that hang out in Discord itself. So <laughs> so you what you mentioned is still valid because a lot of people that hang uh, do Fedora community, they have their own. That's a Discord channel. I should probably jump on that. I feel like I need to get more involved. Yeah, it's kind of cool. There's a lot of bunch of nerds and stuff in there. So it was valid that we can use. They're using both. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, discourse and Discord, two separate. Yeah. Plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and di discourse. I mean, it's more. Uh, that's like, kind of like um, like a form. Yeah. Software? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember briefly hearing about when the transition started going on, um, and it's a little unfortunate they they archived a lot of the old posts. So, um, when you're when you're searching for some information, trying to like tr troubleshoot, um, it's uh, four oh four not found error on the page. And uh, you have to look a little deeper to, to find the information you're looking for. Yeah, I, I guess they couldn't migrate exactly everything out of all the information because yeah. it's completely different software, different framework completely. Makes sense. I mean, not everything's compatible. And, you know, of course, you can always try to you know, force some kind of migration or something, but is it really worth the time and effort? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I would use it over Stack Overflow, though. <laughs> sort of trying to get... Uh, yeah, you're trying to help here? people with Stack Overflow and get that voted by 20,000 people, and then you can't <laughs> ask questions anymore or comment. <laughs> Well, hey, man, um, last thing I wanted to bring up here was uh, just want to talk about uh, the new Raspberry Pis, the, the oh. Raspberry Pi 4, just oh. announced a few weeks ago. What, what, what are your thoughts on this thing, man? <laughs> man, I was so excited because it, it, it has 4K 60, uh, 60 FPS. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can watch some stuff. And then I had multiple monitors, too, and... <laughs> They're freaking on backlog. <laughs> damn you, <laughs> damn you, damn you. <laughs> but yeah. um, but I mean, as researching the reasons that why they're on backlog, you know, it makes sense. It just it's one of those things that um, I I bought a Raspberry Pi uh, like like say three four years ago, and I used it as a pie hole, 
and that's the only project I use it now that I, I'm able to do a more uh, handsome projects. Um, I wanted to buy a bunch, but then I bought a couple that are three, and then the four came out. I'm like, oh, might as well get one of the four that has four gigs, and then the other one just one gig, so I could do a cluster rack. But now I gotta wait until like September. Oh man, yeah. I mean, this this thing's got quad core, USB three point eight type A. Um, which I, I wish those were USB-C, but at least the power cable is USB-C. That's very standard. Um, and that, you know, that, that's actually one thing that, that, that frustrates me, um, which I, I can understand why Raspberry Pis are kind of like sold out right now, given like the specs of the thing. But I, I bought very comparable ones from, um, I believe the company is called Pine64, but I bought Rock64s, basically the same exact specs. And for the most part, they're all right, but I have a weird, somewhat proprietary charger for it. And the only distros I can reliably run on it are Debian based. And uh, I'd, I'd really much prefer to, to use CentOS because that's, that's more of what I'm used to. That's kind of the technology that I'm using at work. Um, so there, there are some workarounds for that. And I did find a project that allows me to install CineOS on, on my little Rock 64 board. So I'm going to see if I can make some contributions upstream to make it support okay. uh, CentOS 8 whenever that comes out. Cool. Yeah, uh, I downloaded a bunch of the Raspberry Pi OS. Uh, what was it? Uh, Ubuntu made the Fedora version. So on the Fedora versions, I got confused at first because there were a couple called ARM 7 and then the ARM 64-bit. And I, I thought the Pi 4 was the only one 64-bit, but it looks like the 3s are also. Oh, uh, yeah. Those, uh, yeah, I always get really confused. There seems like there's, there's so many ARM architectures <laughs> out there that yeah. it's hard to keep up, like, Am I in version five? Am I in version eight? Is it sixty-four? Did I download the right one? <laughs> yeah, I. So I, I downloaded all of them just in case. Yeah, yeah I mean, normally you just gotta hit in Google, just just type it in and like, what what version processor is this? Please tell me. Help. And then Fedora has uh, the the ones for the for the arms, but they have the Spins one too, so you can. Get the one that's KDE made or LOC. Uh, if you like different desktop environments, so I grab uh, a Pi 3 that has a gig and install Fedora KDE. And I think KDE is too heavy for it because it, it took a while to log in and scroll around. I'm like, okay, I'll try something else later. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not too surprised. I remember back in the day, KDE used to be known as like the most resource intensive hogging kind of desktop environment on Linux. Um, but it has gotten a lot better. Uh, yeah, in the I past love it. Few I, years. I use it as, as my main desktop environment for work and it works great. It's just, I think for the, for the uh, Raspberry Pi, it probably doesn't have as good as enough resources for it. Yeah, there's there's only so much you can do with optimizing. <laughs>
Yeah, I used to um, used to use um, purely cinnamon on my my work laptop, um, but I, I went through. I was trying to do an experiment. I was like, you know what? I haven't tried GNOME in a long time, so let, let me give it another shot. And the results I found were completely unexpected. I actually love it. I, I, I found it to be a really good just user experience. It's it's simple. Everything just kind of kind of works. Um, it it just it seems more intuitive and more polished than than I remember GNOME three being in like the early days. So I'm I'm really excited to see where where it's gone, where it's at right now. And as far as like like Chromebooks and like touchscreen devices, I think GNOME is the perfect kind of desktop environment to use because I mean you got that kind of familiar like app selection uh, and, and a bunch of like very touchscreen optimized yeah. options. I mean, out of all the desktop environments out there, I think it's really the only one that's kind of like or one of the few, I should say. There's a ton. Well, they also have a a real big ass team working on it, and backed by Red Hat. I think there's a lot of Red Hatters on it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, pr primarily Red Hat. We also even have Canonical as as part of the development team. Oh yeah, now that they've changed to it, yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, so I think I think Gnome is kind of. I I would go out and say that that like Gnome is the Linux desktop environment. I like, I like GNOME too. I, I don't like the single interface of GNOME 3. <laughs> I, I like being able to click and scroll down through the apps and not search for them, things like that. Yeah, I completely understand. It's it's a very different experience. Am I, and, and I found you, you almost have to install GNOME tweaks to, to get it to like look and work the way you want to put buttons back where you'd expect them to add functionality again to have a desktop full of apps and stuff <laughs> yeah but overall I, th I think it's a very very good effort although I do wish the out of out of box experience was better All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's pretty much everything we had to cover today. So um, thanks for joining me, Jonathan. And uh, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully, two of us uh, can make this more of a regular thing, and it'd be kind of fun if we can get some guest stars on here every once in a while. Yeah, I guess once we get more used to it, I know a couple people. Probably we could they do podcasts and talk to knowledge, so I guess you know helping each other will be awesome. Yeah, um, and and working at Red Hat, I mean, we, we work in the community a lot, so I, I feel like uh, maybe through that we can we can find some kind of connections. And uh, there there have been a few Linux YouTubers I've been I've been following for a while, and I think I think a few of them would would be up for this as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be fun to see. <laughs> uh you know where where this journey takes us so i'm i'm really excited 
Uh, I love where Linux is at right now, and I, I think we got a bright future ahead of us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, thanks again, and uh, take care, everyone. Until next time. Yeah.